pledge my allegiance. Did he just walk back. out for real? Oh, no, yeah, shit. he does that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the oh, Pledge my allegiance to the band. Are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, people? This is The Rogues with episode 9 of season 2. Sorry about last week. We had some technical difficulties, but we are back. We are better. And if it ever happens again, you know... It happens. Yeah, it, it happens. Exactly. Thank you, bro. It definitely happens. Just how our laptop broke. Come on, guys. It's not what happened, man. It did. We didn't record. <laughs> we <didn't> were <laughs> <laughs> talking to ourselves for one hour. <laughs> but it was a good conversation. It was a good conversation. It was a you know? Nice uh, conversation among friends. I loved it. But this week, we got a guest. Uh, if you don't remember from season one, James LeBouillet, a.k.a. Jimmy Wheeler. Y'all remember him? Go ahead and look at season one. You can find that episode. Brayden, how about you go ahead and get us started with the music this week? Take it away. Hey, man. I remember I told y'all like two weeks ago that I was going to the Smino concert. Mm. It was live. <laughs> it was live. But no, the day before, bro, he had a meet and greet at his hair salon. So Smino, if you know Smino, he's known for his hair having luxurious hair. You know what I'm saying? So he was at a hair salon for his meet and greet and pop up. And I got some merch. I got the $9 hoodie. They got silk in it. It's crazy. But, so I walk in, you know, me and my uh, homegirl Vanessa walk in the salon, and this man is standing right there. I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. So, dapped him up, you know what I'm saying, took a picture, snapped it up, put it up on Instagram. It was lit. Next day was a concert. But, okay, so I've been, what, to three concerts this year? Yeah. And I, after this concert, I have not been able to, like, stop playing his music. I haven't played any other artist. And that mu- and that the concert was what Saturday or Sunday. Mm. I haven't played anybody's music since. I think I'm broken. Like <laughs> I think I'm broken, bro. I cannot listen to anything else but Shmiro right now. Have you tried? I've tried. I, I tried to listen to Off the Rip by the Baby. Didn't work out. But I was like, you know what? I'm going back. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm definitely stuck in a phase right now. I don't know. It's probably because I'm like a late bloomer when it came to Shmiro. Like I heard of him. Uh, probably like 2017, like when he first dropped his debut album, mm. and then I didn't listen to his projects. Like I didn't listen to a song until this summer, and then I listened to like his projects uh, and both of his projects in November. Went to the concert, can't stop listening to his music. So with that being said, shout out to Smino. He brought out Nelly. Yeah, I guess I saw what, that. I guess what didn't out. happen? He didn't perform Hot in Here. I was bad. What? I was. <laughs> That's the song you wanted. He performed. He performed Air Force Ones. And uh, and uh, EI, that's it. Country Grammar? Hmm? Did he perform Country Grammar? No, he only performed those two songs. And they made it, they apparently they made a song like three days ago, three days before the concert, like strictly for the concert. And I was like, okay, that's dope. But still, no, no, hot in here is crazy. Um, oh yeah, this man came out in Air Force One. I thought that was dope. A literal Air Force One. A literal Air Force One. The shoe. But yeah, so. As Chris would say, the moral of the story is Shmino is a great artist and that concert was lit. Alright, so we got some weekend songs that came out like what two weeks ago? We got a two pack from the weekend. It's like we got a two pack from Party Next Door. 
And the weekend's two pack is way better than Party Next Door because we got that song produced by Metro Boomin called Heartless, which was dope. It went number one this week, I believe. And then the the second song on there was a uh, Blinding Lights and reminded me of an eighties classic, <laughs> like Take On Me, bro. I told y'all about that last week. It reminded me of Take On Me, but uh, I think the weekend's on the run and he's gonna drop a crazy album, which means Bruno's about to drop an album. As I look towards Jimmy, yes sir. <laughs> I have been telling this man since high school. Every time the weekend drop, Bruno drop, and vice versa. So I feel like they have an undercover like musical beef. So I feel like we got some uh, new Bruno Mars coming. There's no competition. That, it's no competition. No oh. competition. No. Oh, that's debatable. Well, I mean, as far as the weekend goes, like, don't get me wrong, he got great music. Yeah. But if it is a competition between them two, you already know what side I'm. Of course. <laughs> I'm the one that's stuck picking sides. I like both of them, like, at a high level. Well, Bruno, I mean, I said Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno be bringing it, bro. Facts. Every time. Every time. Every time. Like, I don't like, 24 carry magic is just too fire. Too, too fire. It's, it's like, too high up there. Like, the it's, moment the man drop a single, bro. When it. I tell you I forgot that came out four years ago. Oh, I did. Four years. <laughs> well, when we go into 2020, it'll be four years. Oh, this came about time we was living in our first apartment, bro. T- I think it was a little bit before that because I was still working so. at Club Fitness, bro. I'm about to say we I remember. Was, <laughs> we was like a year out of high school, and that I'm still crazy. about to go let to me, a let concert. Me, let, me, let, me <laughs> some, uh, let me give you some context. Views came out by Drake in right. 2016. Right. Uh, we got Color and Book by Chance the Rapper in 2016. So that think about that. <laughs> Has it really been four years? Bro, yes, it's been forever. Yes. insane. It's crazy, but the music's still alive today. So it is. Next, we talking about posthumous albums and artists that are in prison that release albums. So I know we talked about YNW Belly. As I looked at Chris, because uh, you know he's a murder on my mind fiend. Am I though? I know. I don't know. I just know you have some like feeling for. Uh, well, not feeling. Well, hold on. Time out. We gonna erase that from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, you like this man music, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I don't know if you listened to the album since we discussed it last week. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you, if you did at all. Uh, no, I, I still forgot <laughs> to listen to the album. I'm gonna be honest. But still, when we was talking about you know people dropping albums from jail, I know we pointed out in the conversation. I think initially, you know it. It builds credit to the rap game just because what rap culture represents. Yeah. Someone dropping, you know, dropping out of jail. It's just like, oh man, like that man's grinding. You know, he's on the, he's on this stuff right. and everything. But I feel like now it's become more of a more of a thing about clout just because half of these rappers don't really be in jail. I don't want to say about anything serious, but it'd be a, a small charge compared to what some rappers have done. Like, yeah, compared, like Tupac or someone who was in jail for like years and they were working on music, or Fifty yeah, Cent yeah. who spent some time in jail was working on music, or whoever it may be. Yeah. But then you had these rappers who go to jail for like maybe eight months and then they drop an album. It's like yeah. you probably had that done already before you went to prison, and you just chose to drop it now that you're in prison. <laughs> yeah. So that's the difference where yeah. I draw the line at on that. We definitely got a few. Like projects that drop, you know. I remember when Gucci Man was in prison for like what, for almost six years, but <laughs> he dropped. Well, well, him dropping stuff in prison was like the regular. Yeah. Like, but other, I feel like people just doing it for like he said for clout, um, or I guess in a sense just to stay relevant. I ain't gonna say clout, mm. just to stay relevant. Cause I know Kodak did it mm. when he was in jail. I know why uh, um, NBA Young Boy does it. Lucius Lyon. 
Don't act like okay. it wasn't hot, no, bro. No, no, no. <laughs> he had a banger in prison, bro. I ain't gonna fake it. But we gonna go over to these posthumous albums, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with saying, you know, R.I.P. Juice World because we lost him this past weekend. It's crazy, bro. Like, what we we lost Matt like not too long ago this year from basically the same reasons, drug related, and it's sad, like, bro. Like, like the Twenty Seven Club is happening all over again with our young artists, but X Seven is happening at a younger rate. Man was he was just he just turned twenty one. Didn't even get to go to his birthday actual birthday party, mm-hmm. which was coming up this weekend. So it's definitely sad. As y'all know, I'm not. I wasn't really a fan of Juice World like that. Of course, I had some of his songs saved in my library, but I just couldn't get with his content for real because of what he would be preaching. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, so yeah, I don't know. So like post, it's no doubt that we're gonna get a couple posthumous albums with um, for with his music. We just got one last week with X's music. I, I guarantee you we're going to get some stuff from Nipsey and probably Mac Miller in the next five years. So, I don't know. How, how do y'all feel about posthumous albums and what they do for the culture? Uh, <clears throat> I guess it's kind of a depends on a person type deal. Yeah. Certain people, I feel like it's a money grab. Mm-hmm. In uh, a triple X case, I kind of... Feel like it's a money grab just because I will. I'm not really familiar with uh, XXX fan base or anything or that much of his music, mm-hmm. but just from the outside looking in, it doesn't really seem like he was, you know, as big of an artist as people portray him to be now that yeah. he passed. Yeah. So I don't really understand what like why we're still getting content from his music because like now it's don't like you know his fan base was crazy. Yeah, they're crazy <laughs> about him and everything. But I'm like, so his stuff must be good, but. It's kind of like it's taking since he's died. It's taking mm-hmm. him to another like aspect that he wasn't at when he was, you know, alive and yeah, everything. Yeah, and bad vibes, which is the name of his, uh, the, the one that came out last week, is fo- supposed to be his last, you know, album. Because the one that dropped before that was his first post homeless uh, posthumous album, which was uh, Skins. Hmm. And like I told y'all, like that wasn't really that good. You can tell it was like a whole bunch of voice memos and ideas that he was formulating, just forced out for like money situations. Mm-hmm. But Bad Life Forever, I give it a, like, one listen. And it's half and half. Some of it's like, nah, this ain't it. The other half is like, okay, this is dope. Yeah. Like, he got features with Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. See, and that's what bothers me. Because, yeah. like, there was, like, a song from uh, Lil Wayne's last album, Don't Cry. Yeah. And he was on that. And I was like, but he don't really even talk to Lil And he like pronounced that. his name Yeah, that's what I was like, you can't about some do double this. extension. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> double extension. <laughs> triple extension on my afterlife. Extension like, chords? Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> but he got a song with Lil Wayne on this one, too. But like I said, some of it is works because he worked with some of those people before. Like, he worked with Joey Badass. He worked with... Uh, uh, Travis Barker, Blink One Eighty Two, and stuff like that. So some of it makes sense, but some of it's just like it's gonna. I don't know who this is and why he's on anything X related. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but someone in. Uh, but for Nipsey's case, I don't feel like it's a money grab. At least not for the people in Nipsey's camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More so now, like some of the people on the outside who may like drop tracks like featuring Nipsey or something. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's a money grab because in the reality of the situation is if he was alive, would that song still make your album? For sure. Yeah. Or something like that. I hate that, bro. I hit the Nipsey bandwagon like like it was it was like a few months even before he passed. It was like in December. Mm-hmm. I was listening to uh, Victory Lap for the first time and then I and then I realized he got Grimm nominated. I was like, Okay. I I listened to half of the album and then I finished it like after he died. I'm like, bro, this man was he was the truth. But I, I just don't have it in me to go to uh, any of his older projects yet. But, mm. yeah, Dempsey was definitely the one. Yeah. And that kind of goes into what um, WAC 100, which is Blueface's 
manager said about he said with Nipsey like strictly isn't a legend because he didn't put up the numbers like a like a Tupac or anybody <laughs> else from the West Coast that was popping. I feel so, like he still had the impact though. For sure. It's, it's all about impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what always about your mainstream numbers. You should. Yeah. <laughs> and he I don't know if y'all seen it. Wack one hundred said the same thing about he went on some interview and said the same thing about Biggie. Mm. He said Biggie wasn't a legend and bit like Biggie didn't put up the numbers, blah blah blah, while he was alive. Crazy, that's, but he's managing Blueface. Yeah, so <laughs> he and he's also with uh, Birdman, like the whole mm. co- of Cash Money conglomerate. So I don't know. They just I feel like this they, they just have different standards for what they do over there. I was about to say that's pretty much the world we live in. No, it's about the numbers now more so than what you're actually contributing mm. into the, your craft and everything like that. Yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, and then we're gonna talk about the game. Well, I know we gotta talk, we gotta touch on this last week. I said I was gonna listen to the game's quote unquote last album, which is called Born to Rap. I still haven't listened to one track on that song. <laughs> you ain't gonna give me a chance. Do y'all y'all come on listening to it? No, bro. You, you live in Cali. You gotta I know. Do it. I ain't doing it. You gotta do it. No, for the one time. No, the Uber got it on though. No. I got you. You said who? And the Uber got it on. Oh, I'll listen to it. You know how I feel about the game. He's got the same formula. I ain't gonna lie to you. The game got that Chris said. Chris said the only the the last game song he listened to was uh. <laughs> I can't even get it out. Hate it or love it. Hate it or love it. He <laughs> said that was a dope song, bro. That's still one of the top. And I ain't going nowhere. So you can get <laughs> bro, that came out five years, more than five years ago. Bro, that song was a slapper. The last game song I listened to was with the one with Chris Brown, bro. Oh, the spot. Like, pot of gold, that's fire. Like, I listened to that, but only like Chris Brown part. Yeah, I, was, I was like, the, the game of clown, bro. I was like, bro, what bro, he, you doing? Because he said, he said, this is my last album. On that song in particular, he said, this is my last song or uh, album on Interscope, and I'm done for good. Bro, you still rapping? He said on Interscope. Bro, you still <laughs> rapping? He said on Interscope. I mean, he right, because this was independently, yeah, a different. independently dropped with <laughs> Still, bro. Then yeah, no, I'm not gonna go out my way to listen. The game yeah. got the same method. He name dropped. Yeah. And he name dropped. That's all you gotta do to stay quote unquote relevant. But I mean, hey, like, I don't know. The game dropped some of my favorite songs of my whole rap. You know, listening to rap. So. Hated the love with the underdog. His own time. That's one. But I love That's one. They gotta be one of the greatest songs of all time. Up. When it's all said and done, that's gonna be one of the greatest rap songs of all time. He also dropped that song, uh, Martians and Goblins, with uh, Tyler Creator. That's when he got with Lil Wayne, Wayne. My Life. Yeah, that's like too. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. The yeah. Two Jesus piece was a classic. What the Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Jesus piece yeah. had a whole bunch of classics on there. You guess they are like 100? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but but if we being honest, did we it's, like that song Drake. from the game? It's Drake. I mean, he had a nice verse. He's, it was it was decent. It was, it was, it was, I could sit through it. I mean, it was very okay. uh, cinematic. Like you saw it, and he was like, when he said uh, they called me to set you up. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. I got a best for everybody. He make, you, he make you feel like you in Cali every time he rap. That's true. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's um, it, though. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That's All right, five shot clock segment of the day. You know what I'm saying? We always wrap up with this. Jay-Z, on his 50th birthday, which was, uh, I believe, last week. Last week, yeah. yeah. He dropped all of his whole discography, you name it. Unreasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, The Black Album, Rock La Flame, 
Freaking everything that you can name. 444. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Blueprint 3. Everything. <laughs> he dropped everything on Spotify, bro. Like, that was the biggest flex. I can't stop listening to get, uh, Dirt Off My Shoulder. But, like I said, I haven't listened to it this week because I can't listen to nobody else. But, you know, I'm going to let y'all, you know, how y'all feel about Jay-Z catching another bag for his birthday. What's your favorite Jay-Z song? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite? I'm going to have to think. I got a couple, but I, I don't know if I can just name one. I think mine might be Run This Town. I listened to that the other day, and I was like, bro. My bad. My, yeah, it had to be Run This Town. But it's not because of Jay-Z. I like that song because of Rihanna and Kanye. Okay. Oh. I like 99 Problems. Hmm. Everything hmm. he said in that song, if a cop pull you over, will hold up to this day. <laughs> like for real, bro. <laughs> for real. Hmm. That song had the keys in it, bro. I swear. I'm gonna have to go do it off the shoulder because that beat is just crazy. Okay. That beat crazy. Or okay, I got you. Always know me. I can't. I'm indecisive. I always give you two. I'm gonna either go do it off your shoulder or Picasso, baby. That was my man to call Holy Grail. That was crazy. See, I can't really narrow it down that easily. Jay Z's like one of them artists, like I have to shuffle through Spotify most of the time because like I don't know exactly what song I'm gonna listen to for him, but I know I wanna listen to Jay Z. Jay Z has so, a lot of stages. That's something like I don't know exactly what because sometimes I'm like I can be on the Empire State of Mind mm. or I can go to Holy Grail. That's so I was like yeah. I, I gotta see where I wanna be at with him. But that song with uh, him and Beyonce, what a family feud. Yeah. What's better than one billionaire? Two. <laughs> man, ask yourself. Man, ask yourself. Your blood that yeah, Jay Z. He always on a mission to get his money. Yeah. You know, this move right here. He just proves it. Is his gift to himself. <laughs> Basically. While also giving a gift to everybody else. Oh, who been complaining about his music not being on everything else. Exactly. Now we just need to leave music on Spotify and every every streaming platform actually and you know, we'll be we'll be somewhat decent. Mm-hmm. And also you know, for for Christmas I want Doctor Dre's The Chronic album to be on Spotify. That'd be nice because I don't wanna have to go to you know what I'm saying, Apple Music to listen to that. So We'll put you in the mood for Dr. Dre. Bruh. Because cause Snoop Dogg wrote that whole album. <laughs> <laughs> and Snoop Dogg in my top three of all time. So <laughs> it's only right. So yeah, that was, that was our shot clock segment of the day. Passing to Chris in five, four, three, two, zero. Yeah. And you know, I got the clutch jeans, so you know I'm going to make the shot at the shot clock. Oh, <laughs> <same way. Ooh. laughs> Okay. We got the sports coming through today. I'm not really gonna touch on the NBA today. It's the same thing every week. Lakers on top, ain't that right, James? Yep. Anywho, <laughs> since, <laughs> since we did that, we're gonna talk about some NFL. So this, well, last couple of weeks since we weren't on last week, it's been a couple of topics that have caught our eye. One, I'm gonna start with is Patrick Mahomes 2018 campaign versus Lamar Jackson's 2019 campaign. Which QB is more fun to watch? Which QB do you think is better? And which QB do you think can go farther? I'm going to give my opinion first. I'm going to vote for Lamar Jackson. Barring any injury, I think Lamar Jackson can honestly probably do more than Patrick Mahomes. But then again, for Patrick Mahomes, I know we always say the Chiefs doesn't necessarily always have the best line or whatever. But he has the weapons nonetheless. Yeah. So I kind of feel like we've seen the ceiling for Patrick Mahomes already because, I mean, he could still be great, but come on. Are we, are, he can do. Yeah, are we really <laughs> expecting him to, like, go over what he did last year? I don't think that's possible. Yeah. He so like He can repeat it and yeah. maybe score more touchdowns other than that. Not much. 
So I feel like for Lamar, I don't think we've seen the ceiling yet. I think this probably, I say we've seen Lamar at about, I say 89%. So he like Super Saiyan three right now. Yeah, he about Super Saiyan three right okay. now. Okay. I feel like if he would have played a, a full season last year, mm-hmm. he would be further along in his progression. Oh, okay. definitely, I agree. So yeah, I'm gonna get my vote to Lamar Jackson on it, but I'm fair. Let's go around the room and share. All right. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way you do with Lamar. This man breaking. This man breaking Vic records as we speak. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> And, like, uh, I, I don't know. It's something about running quarterbacks that, like, I have a soft spot for. Like, Deshaun Watson, crazy. Russell Wilson, when he was running heavily crazy. So, I don't know. Lamar Jackson, just that guy. And, like like Chris said, I feel like there's only more things he can do. Uh, he's going to shock everybody. Like, he's been doing it. And, like, I don't know. He could have, like, a like a thousand, like a 2,000-yard uh, Russian, Russian season along with a, a how many every yard passing season. I don't know. If he do that, he might be he might be a goat. <laughs> he might be a goat. He wins some rings, yeah. He, he can have that it. Too. He could definitely have it. So yeah, I, Tamar Jackson for me. Let me get Jimmy's opinion before we go ahead and jump to mine. I feel like it will be Patrick Mahomes in the long run. Um, only because with Lamar Jackson, like you see what he's capable of, but we have like although he's better at it, we've seen this before. Like we've seen this with Michael Vick and what it, what exactly did he accomplish? Like even his best season when he was passing and running the ball, he wasn't even the MVP of that season. And I'm an Eagles fan, so I know. So like he, I mean, it's it'll translate, but this is his like first actual full season. So, in Patrick Mahomes' case, I think he had a little bit of a downfall this year because people know what to expect with him now. He had that great first season. I think that's what's going to happen with Lamar, too. Mm -hmm. Like, next year he's going to have productive numbers, but I don't see this happening again. Mm -hmm. Like, he could probably break 1,000 yards rushing again and, you know, like 30 touchdown passes, but I don't know if that's going to translate to, like, championship rings and things like that. Mm -hmm. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, if you're a quarterback, what what you want for a quarterback, he he already has in every aspect of yeah. it. So I don't need my quarterback to rush for a thousand yards. I need him to be able to throw fifty touchdowns like Patrick Mahomes is doing. So I I, I take him. Mm-hmm. Let me see. For me, I love something that Brandon brought up about like seeing how like the black quarterbacks and he loves running quarterbacks like that. I feel like Lamar is the only one that's like not running for his life. You know, like the rest of the quarterbacks are running for their lives and making big plays, but Lamar is running because. He's running. Right. That's mm-hmm. the reason. Like, that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, like, designating these plays for him to do this. And that's kind of an interesting skill set he got. But um, I think we'll side with Jimmy with this one. I feel like Patrick Mahomes, you know, had the more interesting season a little bit. And he can, in the long run, he can be the better quarterback. Mostly because, like, he has the tangibles that a quarterback needs. And we saw when all his receivers died. This man was making receivers out of nobody. Pringles? We're Pringles. <laughs> that's a can of chips, people. And he made this greatness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. It's just I feel like it's hard to believe, you know, because Lamar he can definitely make some great plays, but I think he needs also a great supporting cast to be amazing, which isn't bad. But yeah, I think it's just gonna be Patrick Mahomes in the long run. Fair enough. Split even down the middle. Split two even two down two. the middle. Two so two. we'll we'll leave it right there for now. But I know our next argument is probably one that'll probably go one way and one way only. And lately, the NFL has been getting real disrespectful with me. And they've been talking about this George Kittle guy. <laughs> tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. If anyone doesn't know, go look him up. He is a top tight end in the league, no doubt. But the argument this week has been saying George Kittle 2019 campaign versus Prime Brock. Who would you rather have? And a lot of these analysts have been trying to make an argument for George Kittle. 
So I'm going to bring up the stats before we go around the room. And George Kittle 2019, keep in mind it's only 11 games in. He had 60 receptions, four touchdowns, 754 yards. Now, let's compare that to Prime Gronk. And we'll say Prime Gronk is 2011. Is that fair? That's fair. He played a full season. In that season, he had 90 receptions, 17 touchdowns, and 1,327 yards. So simply by the numbers already, this shouldn't even be a conversation. There's no question. <laughs> These analysts are winning this. Okay. I mean, in <laughs> these last couple of weeks, George Kittle may be able to, you know, eclipse Gronk in receptions. But, I mean, that's about it. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to do a lot of work on the touchdowns, and he's going to have to go off his yards to catch up to him. Yeah. So, you already know I'm rolling with Gronk, the fellow Patriot fan. Always got love for my boys, so that's my vote here. This is just plain disrespectful. George Kittle, great, but he, he ain't my boy, and that's why I'm going to include that there. Brandon? Bruh, so, George Kittle has one little, little nice season, and Prime Gronk pretty much lasted almost his whole career like of course with injuries but he was still that man with injuries his yeah. name is Frankenstein he might fall but guess what he gonna get back up it, it, we shouldn't be having this conversation <laughs> we shouldn't I definitely agree we shouldn't what about you Jimmy this conversation has infuriated me on social media more than any conversation in the NFL this year because I'm not I'm not even here to talk about Gronk like, George Kittle isn't even top three in receptions, yards, and he's barely top three in touchdowns, and we comparing him to the best tight end to ever play the position. Like, I, I you already know how I feel about it. It's not it's not a conversation. Shoot, it comes down to me. I'm rolling with the other three people. George What Kittle? is this? <laughs> what is this conversation? This disrespect. That's what it is. talking about. <laughs> George Kittle, I like him, bro. He's a gem. I discovered him in fantasy football last year. He's nice. I get it. He's not Gronk. Gronk was unstoppable. He was unguardable. George Kittle is not that. Simple. Simply put, he's not that. That's it. That's it. My thing is, I don't know since when did it become a thing where when you start comparing a player, the first thing they go for is the legends. They start comparing these players – Right at the top. Like, you, they don't even start amongst their peers no more. No. They, they don't be like, oh, you know, George Kittle's having a better season than Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz or whoever the tight end may be. They go straight for the top guy. That's crazy. That's what you got to do, bro. They go straight you, you for You got to create the narrative to make people, like, you know. Hey, Eric, but they want us to do this. Yeah. They, that's exactly they want that's to talk true. About this but still, it'd be the worst argument ever. It's not even something where you can sit down. And it's like you can have a back and forth argument, you know, bring up the stats and like, well, okay, well, I got this. And then, you know, you got your firepower and I got my firepower. It's literally, you know what? He had two touchdowns. He might be better than Gronk. <laughs> he might be better than Gronk. You know, he just might do it. No, I don't get it anymore. This man converted a fourth and two. And that's where all of this hype came from, bro. He converted a fourth and two last week. And now everybody he on the bandwagon. Unstoppable <laughs> greatness. They, what? They that's one play. <laughs> Completely ignored longevity, championship rings, impact. This is his third year in the league, people. I can't believe this. He ain't done nothing yet. Let them win a ring first. Let's get there. Uh, but since we're moving on, I would actually, actually like to throw in a debate into this NFL segment specifically for my man James Labouillet. 
Don't do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I've been waiting on this one. Don't I've been waiting on this one. Don't do this, Chris. It's one or two, and I'm ready for both. <laughs> I'm ready for both. Don't do this. It's one or two, and I'm ready for both. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> lately there's been an argument amongst Josiah and Jimmy about the top receivers in the league. <clears throat> James LeBouye pitches that Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is a top receiver, if not the top receiver in the league. Josiah is on the fence of he's only the number two. So I would like to hear both parties' arguments today in court. I'm going to start with James LeBouye since he's going at this moment. James, you had the floor. All right. This is, this is my argument with Chris Godwin. Look, Chris Godwin is in a system now that allows his talents to be, you know, shown much better than it was previously. Mm-hmm. He's in the slot now. Mm-hmm. Now, is he the number two receiver on his team? On the death chart, yes, he is. But on his own team, he has more receptions, more yards, and more touchdowns than anybody else. I believe that he's a top three receiver in NFL, and he's the best receiver on his team as well, only because, although Mike Evans can be productive, he drops 50% of his passes. And I can't I can't get down with that. You know, if you're a wide receiver, your number one job is to catch the ball. And if you drop the ball 50% of the time, I don't care if you're getting double covered, I don't care if you're getting single covered. You got the chance to catch the pass, and you're not doing it. And it's not it's not producing the same numbers that Chris Godwin is getting. So I got to get a nod to Chris. Simple as that. Okay, okay. Next closing statement, Josiah. Your Honor, what my opponent is saying here <laughs> is that Chris Godwin is a number one receiver. Mm-hmm. But I like to throw something at you, at the jury, okay. if you would listen to me. Okay. Listen to my plea, please. Okay. I called to the witness Mike Evans, the number one receiver on the team. Yeah, witnesses? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now. <laughs> Mike Evans is the number one receiver on Tampa Bay Bucks. That means he's always going against the best corner possible. Every time. So whether or not his numbers or he drops passes, he's always going against the best. Who's Chris Godwin going against? Can you name a number two on most teams? Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. That's a good one. Can you name another one? Jason McCourty. See, that's not a great one, but it is a good one. One more. Don't do that. (laughs) Do you see my point here? He's not going against the Jalen Ramseys. He's not going against the (laughs) Stephon Gilmores. He's not going against those guys. He's going against the Eli Apples. He's the number two. He's going against that other guy who plays next to the guy on the Bengals. What's his name? Kilpatrick? He's going against him. He's a good one. Once, not no more. <laughs> Even on the Texans, he's not going against Jonathan Joseph. He's going against the other guy. <laughs> Who is the other guy? I mean, and you, of course, he's putting up amazing numbers. People, you see, people he's going against. I'm not saying Chris Godwin isn't good. That's not what I'm saying here. He's amazing. He could possibly even be a number one one day. But from this season alone, we just can't say he's number one. Wait till next year. So your your argument is strictly off of him just not being followed by the best corner? My argument is Mike Evans is on that same team. Yeah. If Mike Evans is getting guarded by the best person and your job is just to beat the other person mm-hmm. out, you can still put up nice numbers. But some of the best corners do follow the bit, like the people that's going off. Yeah, they follow the people that's going off. So why isn't James? But if Mike Evans know? is also a thousand yard receiver But is it how many yards he got this year? A thousand yeah, yards. He has over a thousand yards. Who got the end? Chris Godwin's definitely beating him. And he got like I just said, yeah. Most touchdowns, most receptions, and most yards, yeah. Exactly. Then everybody is just Mike Evans. Then Mike Evans. He has more than Mike Evans. Oh, 
But like my argument just said, <laughs> he might have more than everybody. As a matter of fact, I, he better go back. That's it. If they swap, he he's number, he's number two in yards. He's number two in yards. This is my thing. If if that's the case, if your argument is true, Michael Thomas is number one receiver in the league. Yeah. Where is Ted again? You didn't know he was just this. Amari Cooper is a top five receiver in this league. Where's Michael Gallup? Where is Michael Gallup? Did you not hear what I just said though? Chris Godwin. I said he is good. I said he could possibly even be a number one. So but I said we cannot tell based just off of this. Okay. We can't. I feel like this might be a bad example. But what's the word? Like, what would you say the situation is with uh, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs? Perfect example. Stephon Diggs was already a number one receiver when he played on that team. Yeah. They had him as the number one. Mm-hmm. Adam Thinley developed into a number one after a couple years. Because Adam Thinley was never good. Yeah. Because we already know this. He just became good, like, what, two, three years ago? Mm-hmm. He's a number one receiver <coughs> now, but he wasn't always that. You see my point? Yeah. So he might have been good then, but now he's actually a number one receiver. So who would, in that case, who would you call the number one receiver? They don't have one. They both can be number ones. That's a different situation. It's the same thing as putting, like, Randy Moss <laughs> right next to Marvin Harris. They're both good, right? Who can be a number one receiver if they're both amazing? So what's the case for them? I said Chris Godwin. You can't tell you. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Not based off of this. Because if next year, let's just say Mike Evans don't play the entire season, and Chris Godwin doesn't do this again. Mm. Doesn't that mean Mike Evans is the reason for his great production? You raise a good point. See? Look, man, this man has a 50% catch rate. And he still has 1,000 yards. But he has a 50% catch rate. Yeah, as the number one receiver on the team. Yeah, that's that's. Not, I'm not saying it's great, but I'm saying what happens if he did catch the other fifty? But he did it. But I'm saying what happens if he did? Wouldn't he be leading the league right now? But he did it. I is what I'm saying. saying. He I dropped it. I get it. Like he I would, understand. but he's not. He's not producing him. He's not producing what he could. Chris Godwin is. He is. He has the best catch rate in the league for his targets, and he got the numbers to prove it. So in my eyes, he's the number one receiver, not only on that team, but he's top three receiver in the league. And I also got him on my fantasy team. Jerk. Although both of the, you know, they, they do raise great points. Especially what Josiah mentioned in the uh, Stefan Diggs point, and then of course Jimmy mentioned the fifty percent catch rate. Mm. But today I might have to go to Jimmy because um mm. That 50 cent for catch rate. It's just, bro, you, you, you can't be number one with that shit, bro. You can't. You, you, can't. you got a thousand yards. You can't, bro. <laughs> bro. What else can you want to do, bro? Bro, okay, so I, I kind of have split. Like, so I do believe he's the best receiver on the on the Buccaneers right now. Okay. But I might have to do a little bit more research of him being the top three receiver in the league. No, I didn't say he's top three in the league. Okay. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. All I know is he gonna be out for these last three weeks. Check out my boy Chris Godwin. He about to go crazy as the number one solidified receiver on that team. And then I'm about to put this argument to bed. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, you had it there in sports courts, ladies and gentlemen. So let's move on. Let's wrap this up. Damn. Fantasy football playoffs rolling again this week. We got the clash of the Titans, Josiah versus Jimmy. Going for is this a Super Bowl week or is next week Super Bowl? Next week. Next week is Super Bowl week. So this is the game to get to the Super Bowl. So good luck to both Titans out there. Uh, we gonna talk about how we how we, we, we gonna, we gonna take them out, right, James? Huh? Look, man, uh, he did he take me. you out? Huh? He, 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 he beat me by two points this year, bro. He beat me by two points. Look, man, here's my philosophy. He beat me, so I need him to win. So my excuse can be like, look, man, I lost to the champion. Yes. What? So <laughs> everyone lost to him clearly. So if he loses now, then it was all definitely for nothing. So you want to do a synopsis of, of your uh, your run? 
my my what? Your run? My, your my, playoff run? I run your... my exercise. Uh, so guys, <laughs> <laughs> I started the exercise program. I, I feel like, I feel run like it's still up, stuff in, still up in the air between who got who took the biggest L. I definitely took the biggest L in fantasy. Nah, year. it was Josh. Oh yeah, Josh. Josh last year. That that's, that that hurt. I know it hurt. Man need to catch. <laughs> a target. Just one target. That had to hurt. This is how I feel about my season. <laughs> that wasn't even the right video, but that's okay. <laughs> that wasn't even the right one. But either way, in my money league, I still got a chance. I got the league going into this week. After this week, I think is oh yeah, I still got two more weeks to the Super Bowl. So hanging in there. Wish me luck. Next thing we got, my Patriots not looking too hot right now. We on a two game losing streak. Our offense is trash. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Our office is slumbering right now. It'll pick up. <laughs> sir, sir. Just because the Seahawks are relevant for the first time since 2014 okay. does not give you the right to talk about my squad. Mm. Get out of here. Mm. Until you beat us in the Super Bowl, watch mm. then talk to watch us. <laughs> then talk to we us. We don't got to run the ball this time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, anywho, as I was saying, offense not looking. Continue. <laughs> offense not looking too hot right now. Defense is still holding strong. Our receivers are lacking the, the ability to get open. But hope, well, joyously, season's almost over. So we got these playoffs coming up, which means my team's about to get back in our bag. Hopefully, you know we can. Somehow get Gronk back. Man, yeah, okay. Gronk's gone, bro. You can trade for George Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, also for the Carolina Panthers, Ron Riviera got fired. He lost his job after being head coach for the Panthers for, I don't necessarily remember how many years. It was a long time. <laughs> it been a pretty long time. He did that hand clap for me. Led them to the Super Bowl. Got an MVP quarterback. Got an MVP quarterback. Had a had a top defense at one point. He's off wearing glasses. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drafted Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's yeah. a good pickup. So I mean, he's not a bad coach. Them glasses, man. If you know for your accessories, <laughs> you should have been fired a long time ago. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, he got a lot going on with that book. He didn't have a bad run. Bruce Arians, but I mean, that it wasn't a great run either. Yeah. He, he didn't really have. a I mean, his worst runs. Did he have enough? Is Bruce Arians black? No, he oh, anyway. was. Okay. Anyway, who he coached for? He's the Cardinals. Uh, Bucks. No, it's the Bucks, Bucks now. Bucks now yeah. yeah, but but uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Who was that? Oh yeah, Robert Rivera. I heard him talk, and I was like, see that? He talked for him. Okay. You gotta adjust your lips different when you got that mustache. For uh, for Robert Rivera. So, do we think he had enough with the Panthers to win the championship, or do we think he did just enough with what he had? You mean at that point at the championship, did he have enough? Period. Like throughout his tenure there, I mean, he had this like Steve Smith years, but I mean, he was a seasoned vet. Yeah. You had early Cam, got an MVP out of him, got yeah, Super Greg Bowl appearance, and in his prime there. Yeah. At old man Greg, you got the most out of Jonathan Stewart at that old age. She tried. I say it's better before. A couple years back, he had like probably the potential to win a ring. Hey, Steve Smith. But, like, this year, I, I can't give it to him, bro. Like, he had too much going on. His back and quarterback is terrible. 
his wide receivers, while they are still developing, they're pretty much getting better now. Mm. I mean, they're still rookies. We, they can't do everything. It's still some things they're going to mess up on. I mean, look at Juju last year. Man, fumbled in like a crucial moment. That's, that's a rookie mistake type of thing. So, I mean, it happens. So, I can't completely blame him for this season. But, I mean, yeah, I understand where they're going. He had his run. He needs to go. Sounds like another coach we know. But, yeah, he needs to go. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Oh. I blame Von Miller. That's the reason that man ain't got no ring. Because in that Super Bowl, he was unblockable. <laughs> X Factor. That man was, he was killing Cam Newton all zone, game. In the zone. Why would you uh, cheat that year, bro? I don't care what nobody say. He would jump in all snaps, bro. And they would not call him the flag on that man. They said, nope. He jumped every snap call. Says the Patriots man. Mm. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that's been the sports segment. I've had enough for this Lando on my team for one week. If you need me, I'll be in my room. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and take the mic from now. We got some popular topics. There's a couple of things we need to talk about. Starting off, Toys R Us is back. If y'all didn't hear, yes, there is some stores that have reopened at certain select locations. So, if, I mean, if you want to get a gift for Christmas, you probably should have stood go to Toys R Us. I mean, I don't know why you would go there when you just order off of Amazon, but that's an option. Don't do it. But it's an option. Toys R Us was mad expensive. It was for like the simplest things too. Like if you wanted to get like one Lego, they'd be like, yeah, twenty dollars <laughs> for one. Not even the like, pack. Yeah, just I, remember that one. I used to get my like DVDs and games from Toys R Us. Yeah, Game Boy games, everything, bro. Yeah. They still got the giraffe. I don't think they even do the draft no more. Oh, mm-hmm. this ain't Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> it's Toys R Y'all. I don't know nothing about that. I don't know nothing Toys about this. <laughs> Toys R Us was expensive, though. That's why you only took special trips to Toys R Us. Facts. Mm-hmm. You want to Toys R Us if you were doing real good in school. <laughs> <laughs> you can go get a game or something. Uh, uh, the last thing I got from Toys R Us was the Avengers movie, the first one. I I still, oh, yeah, it was still open at that time. It was, what, 2012? Yeah. Yeah, wow. I don't remember the last time I've been in the Toys R Us. I'll probably say... 2008. That's the last time I saw Yeah, I'll probably say maybe 6th grade, 7th yeah, grade, 7th grade. Been a minute. It was a good store, though. Yeah, it, it was. It was. And it's prime. It was, it was lit. It was pretty cool. But yeah, that's back. Another thing we got going on is the Tape Banana. I don't know if y'all been That's seeing this. Basel, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead, Brady. Tell us a little bit. Bro, about okay, so some, some, some genius, right? Mm. Tape the banana to the wall. At the Art Basel, yeah, and got some bands for it. Yeah, I, th- I think it was like, I think it was like more than a hundred k. Yeah, what? Huh? Yeah, he put a banana on the wall with some tape and got over a hundred k. I think the Gorilla Tape the Civil War. Yeah, facts. I, I know what I'm doing next time. I art anywhere they got an art show. Art. I'm gonna put an orange up, bro. I'm taping an apple. It's gonna be offensive. Though. <laughs> I'm gonna put an apple. It's gonna be offensive. You gonna get sued for that? It's gonna be Can't do a peach. Mm, that's really offensive. But I wouldn't. <laughs> Certain races don't like the whole that. state of Georgia. Gonna be like, you're Chris <laughs> gonna get canceled, bro. Do a watermelon. Continuing on with the popular topics, though, people. Lizzo's lake or outfit <laughs> controversy. The guy waited just got suspended for more games. I'm weak. <laughs> so if y'all don't know, Lizzo, great singer, you know, great singer, icon, everything. She came to the Lakers game, y'all. That's nasty. She uh, she decided children. to dance. There's children there, but um, the problem was her outfit. Her ass was out, <laughs> <laughs> and there were children in the audience. Y'all ever wore a blanket that wasn't in your size, and the back just hangs out? That's kind of what it kind of would look like. 
that's the situation we're kind of dealing with people and we're not trying to be offensive here we're not trying to say anything wrong so we need to be careful with our words for everything we say but like brandon was saying you know children are there there's things you shouldn't do in public this is one of the things you probably should not do i feel like i said this the best on twitter i said first things first body shaming and public indecency are two different things exactly now everybody's saying oh that was rihanna or beyonce wearing that you know, y'all be going crazy right now and drooling and whatnot. Or or when Beyonce or Rihanna posts on their Instagram, then y'all be drooling and everything. First yeah. of all, when I like something on somebody's Instagram page, I invite my I they are I am inviting myself to anything that they have. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. If they post something I don't agree with, I invited myself to that because I'm following them, right? Right. Now when you go to somewhere in public doing that, I don't care who you are, yeah. Lizzo, Beyonce, Rihanna Shoot anybody, and there's children there. That's out of pocket, bro. That's just that's just I agree. public indecency, and that's it's formalities to living being naturalized too. Like everybody sees this. Yeah, so that's why that's out of pocket. But if if she post like she posts she posts nudes on her Instagram, I don't follow her, but I see it. But it is what it is because Instagram. But yeah. if you're doing that, it's just it's just a different yeah. watch. Right? It's a, it's definitely a problem. Y'all have any opinions on this? How she not get kicked out? Like, if it was anybody else, yeah, if it was anybody else not Maybe named not her, bro. bruh, you gotta go. Like, they would've they would definitely said that to her. Yeah. So, I, I hate um, See, my, one of my I friends like made a good point like about it. Now. He was saying, like, if a, a large man did this, like, 500-pound man, he came out there butt naked, bruh, and went to the Lakers game, wouldn't y'all kick him out of there? Of course. Exactly. Why? Because it's indecent. Why? Because kids are there. It's nothing wrong with, you know, doing this in, like, a private space, you know, personal life. Mm-hmm. People follow you. Like Brandon said, like, it's perfectly okay if you're doing it. I'm inviting myself. Yeah, you're inviting yourself to, to your... When you're, you're in doing. public, you can't do this type of stuff. It's just it's just not okay. Yeah. What about you, Chris? It's the principle, Smokey. <laughs> it's the principle. <laughs> Tell them. It's the principality. But Tell no, them. I'm right along. I'm on board with everything you guys said. It's not about what you were doing. It's just the environment you was around. Mm-hmm. Kids there, like you said before. Public in DC and everything, but not against people by their size by any means. Get it how you live, but yeah, Lizzo was wild for this one. So Brandon pretty much said the whole opinion on that spear. Okay, well, Chris, let me hand it back to you real quick. Do you have a state show issue this week? You know, Josiah, last week I had an issue. Oh, and you guys know I was gonna state it, huh. mm-hmm. but this week I ain't gonna state that issue. Oh, okay, but oh. no need to worry. Refreshed. We gonna have a discussion today. Uh-oh. <clears throat> With this being what this is Thursday, yep. so we are officially a week away from the rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. We are all fellow Star Wars, uh, I'll say nerds. I would like to present the table with a question. You know, clearly we know Palpatine is back, right? So that means the dark side is brewing stronger than ever in the Star Wars world. We don't know what's Ray's connection to this story. We don't know what's Kylo's connection to this story yet either. But we do know one thing constant in Star Wars that there has been a prophecy of a chosen one who will bring balance and maintain balance throughout the force. So I present the question on what do you guys perceive the prophecy as? Do you guys actually think Anakin is the chosen one and the one and only chosen one? Do you think the chosen one can be many people? Do you think it's Rey? Or if it's not Rey or just any character in general? So I'll go around the table here swing it to Brandon mm-hmm. um see now that you put it that way I kind of had a little revelation over here like I feel like he's gonna work through Ray, if that makes sense like 
on some force ghost bully. Like, yeah, he's gonna find some way to work through Ray and defeat the forces of evil, which is Palpatine. And and I, matter of fact, he she might have connection to everybody within the, force the old Jedi Council. Yeah. So like, she might have some connection with Yoda. She might say you're to Luke. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. She might say with him to Obi Wan. I don't Still know. Quite dumb, I just feel like it's gonna be like a shebang and a, a, honestly a grand finale. Hmm. So yeah, I think I think she gonna have some 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 guidance. Okay. But I feel like it's gonna end with us <laughs> still not trusting her as a solo individual. Yeah. She's going to have to rely, and that's kind of, people will probably going to have a problem with that because, you know, it's a woman relying on a man. Men. 2019. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's my take on that. Yeah. I feel like since Palpatine is coming back, if we don't see Anakin in some some light, I just, I don't, I don't really understand it. Like, at the end of you know, like before this, these three movies came out. Like I felt like that was a good enough ending for Palpatine. But if you're gonna bring him back, and Anakin is the chosen one, like what exactly did he accomplish? Like if if he's still alive. Yeah. So I hope to see Anakin in this movie. Um, as far as Rey, um, I definitely. I mean, of course, she's gonna have a big part in defeating Palpatine, like fully, mm. if that's the the angle that they try to take. Um, but yeah, I, I think Anakin is basically the only chosen one and I expect to see him in this movie if not then I'm gonna be disappointed honestly okay let me see for me you know I've been thinking about it for a while because I kind of want to say like the chosen one is more of a concept rather than just the one person just because like we've seen so many important people in Star Wars Mm -hmm. like from Obi-Wan to Anakin to Luke to Rey like we've seen it all can we honestly say that only one of them is the chosen one after all of this like they all play such a big role like who could actually unite the force without all of them being part of this? So, I kind of want to say, like, you know, the forces are working through all of them to say, like, maybe the collective is the chosen one. But if I had to choose between, like, one person, I would have to probably roll with Anakin, too, just because, like, this man keeps showing up. You see a character more than, like, two times, <laughs> this man definitely important enough to be the chosen one. So, yeah, I got to give the Anakin with that one. Okay. As far as with the whole Palpatine thing coming into this movie, I'm still not 100% sold on that this man is physically back. Mm. And I think this... I've seen a couple of videos on YouTube, specifically some from Star Wars Theory, that have been pitch, well, kind of pitching the idea of the Sith being able pretty much to pass their essence through like material things or yeah. whatever. So you see it kind of in some Vader comics where he talks to ancient Sith Lords like through like old helmets or whatever or whatever that Sith Lord used to do black magic in. Mm. And Palpatine is one who is real proficient in Sith magic so I wouldn't put it past Palpatine to know a Sith ritual to you know transfer his essence into something more material in case if something came like his death uh, unexpected thing like his death came. So I feel like wherever I feel like wherever his throne room is, I don't know how to, I don't really know how to fully explain it. I just feel like he's going to be in a different form that's not like his human body or whatever. So almost like the dark side version of the Force Ghost type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Because the Sith can't, feel, can't actually change in the Force Ghost. They can only pass their essence on. <laughs> so I think that's that on that. But as far as the Chosen One thing goes, I've always been 
a proponent of in this timeline, Anakin is the chosen one. Mm-hmm. So even now, I feel like Anakin's the chosen one, but I do feel like the prophecy of the chosen one may possibly be something where it's not a constant of just one person, but it maybe have been different people over time in the yeah. manifestation of the Force. And I kind of believe that from if you watch Clone Wars, you know they had the the Morris episode with the father, the daughter, and the son, mm-hmm. and the father's whole <clears throat> the father's whole job was his job was to maintain balance between his kids and his kids represents each side of the force, the light and the dark. Yeah. And so then once his daughter died, you know, dark darkness took over. So the father had to kill himself to cut his son off from the force and then his son died or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was like, yeah, maintain balance here or whatever. Whoop de whoop. So I feel like he was kind of like the chosen one in that scenario whereas for the known galaxy which Star Wars is in and against the chosen one for this galaxy right. and everything. And like how you pitched on before, how he made usury and everything to achieve the ultimate goal mm-hmm. because just from where Star Wars have introduced things like the world between worlds and all that, the great Bindu oh, yeah. <laughs> and all that. So I just feel like there's so much room for them to use, I guess, an opportunity to not so much bring Anakin back in the physical realm, but use his like force essence to, you know, get the job done. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So, I mean, that wasn't really an issue of mine, but... It was a topic to talk about. Yeah. I like you brought that to the table. Mm-hmm. But I do have an issue, bro. A lot. Man. Talk to him. We was in the Xbox party the other day. A couple friends of ours. We was talking about just, you know, things you can eat. You know, special items, special meals. And then we started talking about dipping sauces. Uh, it might seem a little random, people, but you ever heard somebody hate ranch? <laughs> See, that was my reaction. I thought it was a joke. But they said, nah, we hate ranch. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. They hate ranch? Yeah, I they mean, hate ranch. Why do they feel so way about a condiment? Like, it's just, it's just chilling. They See, that, that's what bothered me. I said, but you don't you don't want to use it at all? Like, what's wrong with it? And they said, we just don't like it. I, I just don't get it. Are they tripping? I can't support that kind of negativity in my life. Like, wh- like what are you going to do? You're going to dip the chicken in a ranch. Do you know what ranch has brought me through through my life? A lot of meals. Facts. A lot of meals. Hmm. Ranch gets a lot. <laughs> a lot of meals. How do they feel about other dairy products? Maybe they like toast. No, they drink milk. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no, no, no! I don't get it, bro. I really don't get oh, it. Oh no! Now I understand some people not liking ranch on certain things. I get that, but specifically ranch as a dipping sauce for chicken. You say you don't use ranch or don't like ranch? Like I don't get that. So what's the top tier dipping sauce? Is it ranch? It has to be ranch. Uh, like what is a better what am I eating? Ranch up there. Wings. Ranch is my go-to. Yeah, yeah. It has to be ranch. Yeah. Like barbecue sauce is a nice dipping sauce too. Don't get me if wrong. You blue, if you use a blue cheese, you gotta be forty years old. Blue cheese is disgusting. Yeah, I feel like you should only use that on salads, and I don't even use that on salads. <laughs> That's the only time it should be used. <clears throat> but yeah, that's the issue I got. Are you gonna you gonna name your ranch haters? I would like to out them. I really would, but they are some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. I like you definitely <laughs> They know who they you are. Can't for this nigga when too. you hear this part, pause it. <laughs> Take a minute and pause it. Make sure you're in the party. Then text me. I want to know what they eat their hot wings with. Like, what, what do you Nothing. Do? They just, <laughs> just would you like the, any ranch? No, I'm good. Just the, just the wings. <laughs> That's bro. what they just do. Just the wings. <laughs> just the wings, bro. No. You know how somebody gonna look at you and say, they say, you need some ranch? You say no. They gonna look at you like, what? You what sure? You like this? You want extra hot sauce to it? 
That don't make oh, sense to me. They dip their hot sauce in hot sauce, bro. That's, that's what the type of people that's they some are. Devilish stuff. Right there. <laughs> that's what they do. That's Satanist. <laughs> they They're disgusting. Well, let's go ahead and get to these TV topics, bro. We got a lot to cover in the TV section. Titan season two ended. I'm not sure if all of y'all got a chance to catch up on that. I don't know. Chris, you have? I said I haven't. You said you haven't. Well, I'm not going to bring any spoilers into it, but it definitely was something amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, you definitely got to see it. There's a lot of things going on there, and I'm excited for season three. Because they were going against uh, Deathstroke. Lady. Yeah, Deathstroke's lady. Yeah. Did they kill him? Did they kill him? Hello? He likes to make <laughs> Yes, they killed him. This is work. I was trying to keep up his spoilers. Yeah, he, he's, he's dead. He's dead. Was it Robin? No. Dang it, Chris. Bob is <laughs> <laughs> not even there anymore. So I'm like, damn it, Chris. <laughs> you know, I'm going to the next question. Wow. <laughs> he really got you to do that. He did, bro. He did. Uh, continuing on. Kevin Hart wants to be in Black Adam. No, next. No. <laughs> he wants to be in what? He wants to be in Black Adam. Nah. Now, for those of you who don't know, Black Adam is a DC movie coming out, I believe, next year or the following year with starring The Rock. And you know The Rock loves his handy partner, Kevin Hart. Y'all already said no to this. I mean, next he gonna want to be in Fast and Furious. What else he want? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, that movie gonna be trash, but I'm gonna still go see it. Cause I'm gonna be weak if he in Fast and Furious. I can imagine the comedy that's gonna go down in that movie. <laughs> but yeah, Kevin Hart wants to be in this. Y'all already saying no. I definitely agree with this too. I feel like we see The Rock already way too much. Just adding in Kevin Hart is just going to create this dynamic of they have to be in movies. Like, why does Kevin Hart always have to be somebody's sidekick? Like, I mean, he, that's his gimmick. But that's sidekick. getting old, yeah. yo. Have you ever seen him in a movie just by himself? Soul Flame? He wasn't by himself. And he then was definitely that movie by that, himself. That movie, we laugh at that movie now, but that he wasn't that trash when it came out. He <laughs> don't even claim that movie. No. <laughs> yeah, no one liked that movie at first. Like, no, people go back and watch it, but at but, first they were like, this movie terrible. But like, he, he does that with every, like, it's starting to get annoying. Like, Will but him Fer- being a psychic is the perfect role. Will Ferrell, yeah. Ice Cube, The Rock. This That's getting you, old, bro. This sorry. It's his gimmick. It's what he does. You know, this is why you mix all his movies up, because he's always with the same people. He needs to mix up the cast. Is that a good thing when you mix movies up? That's terrible. He to mix up the cast. If an artist makes music that sounds all the same, I'm not talking about the baby. But <laughs> if they do that, their music is deemed as trash. It's, it kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. So no one Kevin Hart. Yeah. yeah. That's no one Kevin Hart. But how we feel about this? Michael B. Jordan. No. In consideration <laughs> for Superman. Black Superman people. It's these a, are just rumors, but they has been going around. Bro, he he got could possibly a lot of be clout. the first black Superman. He got a lot of clout for playing Killmonger, which is like I appreciate that. But mm. personally, he overdid that, bro. <laughs> so people were inspired by that. I was like, dang man, he gotta be Superman now. It's like, ah, skirt. Pump the brakes. No. Duh. If anything, it's just Elba because he already said he's gonna be the black Superman. <laughs> he already did say that. <laughs> I wanted him to be Batman. Who? Idris. Okay. A black Batman? That's, that's crazy. I would have been with that. You already got the accent too. That'd be perfect. I would have been with that. My whole thing, well, I'm for one, no, I'm not gonna be Jordan being Superman. And my thing is, we live in a day and age where everyone takes live action movies to heart. Yeah. So once you get. Michael B. Jordan playing Superman. That's the first African-American Superman on screen. Then you're going to have to represent Superman as almost every possible nationality. Every group possible, pretty much. You're going to have to 
depict this man in every group that wants to be depicted. Yeah. But then it's gonna be like, why isn't there an Asian Superman? Why isn't there a German Superman? Stuff like that. You're gonna have to please everybody at some point starting this. I feel like if you wanna toy, well, not necessarily toy, but if you wanna do something like this, I think the best fit to start it would be in a animated uh, animated movie. Mm-hmm. That way you can see what kind of crowd you're dealing with, and then even if if it is a crowd that's like anti towards it and wants you to throw away, you can be like, hey, it's an animated movie. Yeah. Like, get over it. Because you put that on the live screen, yeah. people going to take the live screen way more canon accurate than they're going to take anything that's in the animated stuff. I agree. We, we kind of talked about this last year, or not last year, last week. But, um, and I, I spoke about, like, why, why does it matter about the race thing? And y'all kind of brought up a good point. But they did the same, the same thing with uh, Captain Marvel being a woman. Yeah. So, like, does that kind of run in this situation as well? But I mean, Cause... Captain Marvel in the comics is also a woman, though. No, she not. Nah. But not originally. I know not That's originally. Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel is a woman, but Captain Marvel was a dude. I know Captain Marvel is a dude, but there's definitely a woman version, isn't there? I'm almost positive. I mean, now. Well, yeah, I understand now. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely one before, wasn't there? Like, before the movie came out, there was definitely there one. There was Miss Marvel. She's the only woman that was... I like... really thought it was a female Captain Marvel. I don't know, it could be, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Because, yeah, I was about to say, if there was already one, then I'm okay mm. with it. But, like, they changed the script on it, then you already know how I feel about that. Like, a black Batman, I'm like, okay, that'd be great to see. But black Superman, Superman is just such a... Iconic character. He, that, he's an iconic character, but he has no personality. Mm. Like, when, yeah. you, when you really think about it, he has no he's personality. Not. So it's Even like, like, for the people. So it's like adding a race to somebody that has no personality means nothing. Yeah. Mm. They better off a bright burn. Okay. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> A kid Superman that was evil. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. I understand. Yeah. Anything else to add to that? No, pretty much same deal. It's okay. just, you're going to have to please every crowd with it. Well, while <laughs> we're still talking about some superhero topics, let's go ahead and look at this Black Widow teaser that just came out. Yeah, I see a lot of shaking heads. I see some, mm, I see some, uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, people, I'm going to be honest with you here. It didn't grab my attention. <laughs> I don't think it was interesting at all. Maybe it's because we already know what Black Widow is, what she does, exactly. everything about her. <coughs> Take a hint, Marvel. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm still going to see it anyway. For Tony Stark. But do we know everything about her? We know enough. We don't know what she mean by getting the red out of her ledger. I still want to know what she mean by that, honestly. To read a book. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me what that means. This me is the whole movie. Means. I mean, like after this movie, what's the future for Black Widow? There, she's dead. Exactly. <laughs> like so, but she's not the only one. That's the thing. I, there's more Black Widows. There's yeah. like there's like a whole. There's a whole school of Black Widows. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's Natasha. So like, I mean, they can there. definitely show us more about that, and maybe they can even intertwine into like future stuff in the movies. Yeah. Like, I'm okay if they do it that way, but if this is just strictly about her, it's not. I'm not okay with that. It's not, but we, but we know it's not because we've seen uh, what uh, Captain Britain. Yeah, we've uh, seen Captain Britain. So I understand they're trying to introduce other heroes and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, like, still a Black Widow movie, they could have did better. There's, there's other options. Taskmaster. There, there's other options out there. The only reason I'm actually going to see this movie because I want to know what happened in Budapest. And that, that is a question. I get, I get that. I get that part. Like, I want to see what happened in Budapest. And they said that Tony Stark will make an appearance. So I was like, all right, that's Which enough for cool. me. That's enough <laughs> for me. But the trailer, I mean, the trailer didn't really do nothing to me. They could have just told me that. It they oh. really could have told you that. They didn't yeah. show nothing. They showed you like jumping out of window. Some people in suits. Trailers don't mean nothing no more. That's good though. That is kind of good though. I like when trailers don't show anything. Yeah, the Joker. You know what to expect. Yeah, the trailer wasn't that theatrical. No. 
You just saw a whole bunch of smiling. He was dancing on the steps. Exactly. Like, you didn't know what that meant, but you know you wanted to see it. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's the review for Black Widow. But there's one more movie I want to look at, and that's Wonder Woman. I believe World War Two. That's the name of this one. Uh, no, 1984. 1984. I know it was something like that. Um, but yeah, this is the trailer for that one. Uh, anyone had a look at look at it yet? Someone uh, compared it to looking like Thor Ragnarok. It do have that vibe. Yeah, on the color that too. scheme. Yeah, and, and color grading. <laughs> I mean, they kind of like, technically almost are the same type of hero. So I mean, I kind of get it. I like Ragnarok though. So I mean, yeah. if it is like a DC version of Ragnarok, I mean, I won't be mad. See, DC's hitters have been with Wonder Woman so I, I will give it to them so I think it's going to be a good movie just because like it has it's to be way, a good movie man. Wonder Woman yeah. Aquaman what are they, exactly. I don't get what DC is like doing though at this point we don't know what I, don't, I don't think they have a direction with they them. don't they're just they releasing don't. movies and hoping it hits for now I don't understand cause like they tried the whole follow suit with Marvel thing uh, that didn't work. work so it's like you know what we're just gonna release movies and we're just that with Superman vs. Batman. Yeah, the only I was thing. done. I was done. I was done. My mother's Martha too. What? <laughs> what? what? This is how you stopped. Martha? We all said, what How do you know her? I think the only thing that can really say DC Live movies, if they want to have all these movies make sense, huh? if they do like what the CW is doing with Crisis on Infinite Earths and like they just pretty much explain all this stuff, like all this has all been just different things in the multiverse going yeah. on, and now we got this big crisis mm-hmm. that we got to team up. I feel like every movie That's should exactly be, what should be. Every movie should just be its own comic book issue. It should have no correlation because, you know, that's kind of played out. Everybody does that. Yeah, they're trying to connect everything, and sometimes it just doesn't work the way you want it to. But let's go ahead and get to some questions people want to ask to cover the first one what inventions or innovations do you guys think had the greatest stories the pencil next hmm. explore no I'm just playing <laughs> I almost wanted oh, to know that one nah. I didn't think on that one again had the greatest stories yeah mm-hmm. but I still think one of the greatest innovations in a sense was when the, when the first person went to sleep and they woke up they probably did not know what was going on they probably were scared for their life like, it's amazing. They got they they felt tired, but they didn't know what it was. What is sleep? Wow. They must have thought they died or something, bro. Like whoever went to sleep first had to be shook. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Chris, you got one. Greatest I'm pondering over there. First person that made the first bar of soap. Hmm. Because I want to know what people were using prior to soap. Nothing. Water. Was it just dirty water? Water. 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 Dirty water. <laughs> One man finally said, you know, <laughs> y'all don't smell too good, y'all. We should probably do something about this. Anybody with somebody from out of town? I ain't going to hold you. I ain't going to hold you. flowers, bro. They said, what you do? Some of the ingredients that's in soap, don't ask me how I know this, but some of the ingredients that's in soap are kind of questionable. Like, uh, not aroma. No, I forget what it's called. It's, it's some kind of chemical that's also in urine. It's like, Hey man, if it works, it works. <laughs> I guess. Don't read too deep into it, bro. Jimmy, you got one? That's a hard one. The hard, the greatest invention that had a, a good story behind it. Yeah. At least, what do you think the story was behind it? Man, I don't know. You have to come back to me on that. All right. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about this one before, but I'm gonna roll with milk this time. Um, milk is an interesting one, yeah. You know, yeah. I think I understand it though. Yeah. Before I did it, because like you, you can see animals 
and they like they drinking the cow milk. So you like, I, it's got to be nurturing in some way. Yeah, like, because... I understand his point. Where he's looking, and he's just like, you know. But it's like you talking to one of your friends, and he's like, you looking at it. He's like, what you looking at? He's like, right, right there, man. And it's like, you, you gonna do it? Like, yeah, I dare you, bro. Yeah, my say it was a dare. Exactly, it had to be a dare. And then he comes back with like, you know, this is this is actually pretty good. We could sell this. And he's like, you really think people are gonna drink that? Look into the future now. People are drinking that they stuff. Pasteurizing it. They weren't there yet, bro. They I just know. had to taste it first. <laughs> they had to start. With I want to know, like, who, who like, cause you know, everybody's talking about how like the human body can't uh, break down dairy, and it's like, well, who, that's not gonna stop anybody. Even the person that says it, cause you know they like cake. So what are you talking about? <laughs> don't try it anyway. I guess. You mean, did you have one? Bro, I can't think of a, a good story behind one. I mean, I got a lot of great inventions that I'm happy happened, but. As far as like the story behind it, I never really had those questions. I was just happy that it was here in the first place. Yeah, I, I was like, I appreciate it. <laughs> I was curious about that pencil in the bread they had. That was a joke. <laughs> but I'm still, it got me thinking now, bro. I mean, whoever I mean, there was always pencil, been a, a way to write. write and yeah, like they like always needed to write, but like who was the dude who was like, we should write this down. They're like, what? And who stole it with the pen? Like, you know what? We're just going for some ink in this. What a pen would be first. Because they used the feather. Oh, that's ink. true. Yeah. That was the same thing. And then they made the pencil. But then whoever put ink inside the utensil. He said, why don't we just put the ink in it? Huh. Yes. <laughs> what if it runs yes. out? They get another one. <laughs> exactly. We'll be rich. This man's a genius. But, but no, they was taxing on ink. That was crazy. I know. History lesson with the wrongs, bro. We're not just talking about some stuff, you know, that's mythological. We actually know our history, too. We hear that. What's up? We was at Mr. Mark class. What's up? Come see us. 270. Chase Howard. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would. I'm like, wait. I mean, wait. <laughs> you lucky it didn't air. A few weeks ago. You lucky it didn't air. Oh, okay. That's the one. Okay, okay. They would have been beating down your doors. Wait. <laughs> this man gave out his whole Addy. That's, that's different. It's my house. <laughs> I guess. Do you think people All knew right. how to take out fires when they first saw one? Like, put one out? Yeah. They probably stepped on it. I think that they think, like, hey, like, water going to be up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they were trying to wave at it, it got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the next question. What is one of your own favorite quotes? Hey, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'd say probably one of my favorites would probably be one of my many variations of It Be Your Own People. Okay. It Be, it be one. That's probably one of my top one. I've got to think of some other ones. So. Brandon, you got one right now? Um, If you don't embarrass yourself with it, You'll never accomplish it. That makes sense. Like, if you don't embarrass yourself, whatever your craft is, you know what I'm saying? You won't get to that next level. Like, no, I'm following it. Give me understand. I'm looking at you like you don't know what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> I understand. You're making, what you're you're making me self guess myself. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do it. I'm sorry. Like, do I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> what about you, Jerry? I got two quotes that I, that I really like. Okay. I got two of them. If one of them is one of mine, uh, it probably is. Okay. Because I told you it a long time ago. Middle school. All right. Well, I'm gonna say that one first then. All right. All right. The power in all relationships Oof. lies in the hands Oof. of whoever cares less. Oh God. Oh. Simple as that. Second mm. one. Bravery comes from regret. That one hit me hard. That one hit me hard, bro. Okay. Because you ever think about a situation, you're like, man, I should have, the next time you see it, you like, you know what? 
I got to do it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to get there again. So, yeah, bravery comes from regret in that first one. I feel that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of you guys, or well, pretty much all y'all guys know my quote for this year I've been using. You did this to you. It's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory. You've been using you that do for years. It, I have, bro. When you do a situation and you caused it, you did this to you. That's my phrase. Okay, another one I've been using lately is what's understood is not to be explained. Mm-hmm. And that's like everything. Like, people like people want you to explain just so just just to see if whatever you say aligns with they what they're thinking. And when, once it doesn't, like the first thing you say automatically isn't going to align with they say. They're going to get mad. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, why are you making me explain something that you already understand? Like I know like that issues. you already understand. <laughs> they like confrontation, bro. My favorite quote that's not my own though is uh <clears throat> you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Facts. Bruh, that is my favorite quote. That's the greatest quote of all time. I don't care what nobody says. The writer needs a Grammy just off of that, bro. And an Emmy. Give him every award possible. <laughs> he need everything, bro. The next question we got, what is your review of the crisis for CW? Oh Which is just what Chris was talking about a couple minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> As people know, well, you probably don't know, but if you don't know, now you know. Mm. So the CW crossover, <laughs> the CW crossover Crisis on Infinite Earths has begun, and I'm not gonna lie, episode one had me a little shooken because I was like, "Is this it?" You know, Oliver dying pretty much in the first episode of Crisis. I was kind of like, mm. "That's corny." <laughs> After pretty much a whole year and a half buildup of us knowing this man was gonna die in this big crisis, he's gonna save the multiverse. He dies in the very first episode to shadow demons. Not even a head honcho. So I was pretty, <laughs> I was pretty disappointed. I was pretty disappointed in the first episode, but episodes two and three has gotten me back on track. The whole spin they did with the Flash, you know, it wasn't necessarily R Barry, but it was A Barry. I wasn't down for that. So predictable and cheesy at the same time. I felt like Barry should still die. He should've. But this crisis is going real good. I like everyone they brought into this. They even brought in Lucifer, bro. I know. So if, you, shit, bro. if you're a fan of Lucifer, have fun enjoying his cameo in the episode. <laughs> Saying no whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, people like TV shows. All right. Any Lucifer, you had some throwback shows from back in the day like Smallville, Birds of Prey. You even had some guest cameos like Burt Ward. You had uh. Oh yeah, Kevin Conroy, if you don't know, he was the voice of Batman in the Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Just cameos all across the board with this crossover. I think CW has done the best with what they have. Yeah. Even with this TV show budget. It's, no, it's yeah, this isn't pretty, easy to do. Yeah. It's definitely not easy to do. Right. And they pull it together pretty perfectly. So, yeah. I like it so far. We'll see what happens once it pick up next year. Yeah, I'm kind of with Chris with this one. Um, he pretty much gave a perfect review of the situation. The first episode had me kind of down, kind of shook. I just remember texting Chris when it came up because I saw the Titans intro. I was like, Chris, we just got a cameo from the Titans. Mm-hmm. They haven't been in this at all, people. <laughs> it was literally in the title screen and nothing else. Yet. So if that's the only cameo, bro, I'm going to be upset. Yet. <laughs> One of the issues I did have, though, is the way they threw in um, Lex Luthor at the very end and just basically killed off the Superman they went to go find. Mm-hmm. I was kind of shook because I was like, wow, I kind of wanted Superman to be here. But I guess they can still be lit. I mean, I was just about to say, like, yeah, that kind of had me like really. But at the same time, that is pretty less Luther. Yeah, that's say it's something he definitely <laughs> would do. But at the same time, just like I guess you know, it, it works. Mm. But yeah, that's the opinions of that. If you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely take a look at it. It's actually pretty good. People are calling it the low budget 
Endgame of DC. Mm. So it's, it's pretty good. Uh, the last question we got for this week. What is your passion? Be right. Why am I Because you have so much passion. Because you have so much passion. <laughs> passion about everything. <laughs> okay. I guess people expressing themselves. Like, I'm in college, I was a media communications major. The whole point of that is I love communication. I love talking to people. I love watching people grow in communication. I love people learning themselves through communication. So, I don't know. We And we lose too many people, too many black people especially, um, from like not being able to. What? Am I wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> I saw your side moving his chest. <laughs> <laughs> no, we lose too many black people because they don't know how to express themselves in a way like whether it be like pain or through like trauma or some situations, whether it be through drugs, whether it be through violence, gun violence, blah blah blah. Like we losing too many of our own people in that you know from that circumstance, and I'm just not down for it. So like I just. I'm a I'm a I, I'm a student of communication and I'm an educator too. Like that's what I want to teach people how to like you know it's okay to talk to people. It's okay it's okay to listen to others as well. Like black people is no nothing wrong with therapy. That's something that I don't think people understand. Like especially in our own community, people don't realize that sometimes we need somebody to talk to. We can't just be living with our own thoughts because that's yeah. that's no bueno. We've seen people take their own life from that. So I don't know, man. Just talking to people and communication is everything. Alright, Chris, how about you? Well, I gotta be next. Uh, you were just next to him. I should have picked. Because I had the honorary to go first. Alright, Brandon, who do you want to go next? Alright, I got this. So for me, I would have to say my passion kind of relies on what I do for a living. Um, y'all don't know what I do for a living, you probably will never know what I do for a living. Okay. But <laughs> um, I love writing people and I love communicating great TV shows and things of that nature. So my one main goal in the world is to create good t- content for everybody to enjoy, whether that's TV shows, movies, music, podcasts, or any of that stuff. I just want to make the best thing possible for everyone to enjoy. So I'm kind of just passionate about, you know, just everyone just loving my content and all the content I help produce. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like right now in my life, you know, the thing that, I, that I've really challenged myself to be passionate about. Um, with things surrounding me is just like being confident in my own like decisions and my own judgments and things like that Um, like I feel like that's that's the biggest thing in me moving forward that's the biggest thing in my next step Um, so that's what I've I've really been focusing on lately just you know knowing what I want to do next um, figuring out the steps to make it there and then just moving forward with it and being confident with it so that's 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 the biggest thing that I'm passionate about right now all right that's the show good Christopher (laughs) you go oh shit uh, for me, I think I've noticed I'm one that's pretty passionate about things revolving other people and more so myself. I think when it comes to myself, of course, I'm passionate about things sports related, whether it be basketball or football. I'm passionate about like athletes, right? Student athletes, right? So I'm always on the side of the athlete. I'm kind of, what's the word I'm looking for for it? Uh, I'm pretty passionate about like keeping the integrity of like the game when it comes to a basketball asset pretty much keeping the integrity of the game like intact like even if you're not playing just through conversation through debate and everything you know how we pretty much get offended off of you know every disrespectful debate because it's kind of like it's nonsense so I think just think when you sit down and have those debates and debunk those like nonsense debates with proven facts showing you know your side of the argument then I feel like you're preserving pretty much an aspect of an integrity for the game and integrity for the sport. 
and pretty much in a way you're kind of like a historian of the game when you do that. So I consider myself pretty passionate just about sports in general. But on the outward sense, I mean, I'm passionate about the normal things, but I'm clearly passionate about Star Wars. So if we live in the Star Wars world, then I I think I'll be pretty passionate about using the dark side. So. <laughs> Can't get a yellow lightsaber on the dark side. You're not getting one in the light side. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Don't get one. Why not? Thanks! That's what I've been trying to ask. Soka Ho had one where I came. That was a long time ago. They don't hand those out to everybody no more. Mm-hmm. Facts. Does he still got it? Nope. Didn't think so. Let me get that. Let me get that. <laughs> more of the story. Passionate about Star Wars, passionate about sports, and I'm passionate about helping my people. So, that's that. Okay. Well, I think that kind of wraps the show. Who wants to take it out this week? You know, it's been my job. So the boys have been back for about, you know, how long has it been? An hour or so? Something like that. Yeah, you know, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Sorry that we wasn't there last week. Like we said, Josiah laptop broke. But we back this week a day late. But would you rather be late or not here at all, right? Better late is never. But never late is better. They say time is money. Getting a zero. Spend it together. Hmm.